Welcome everyone to episode 10 of SEC Update Live. We're coming at you tonight from Deviate Brewing on the north side of Indianapolis. And I'm your host, Tosh Troglin. Joined on the other side of the glass, as usual, is Scott Troglin. Trog, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm doing fantastically, actually. This is an episode we've been looking forward to for about a month. Got the Christmas season out of the way. We got New Year's staring at us right now. So it's it's been a good week. How about you? Oh, man, I'm doing great. And we said this last week that um, it wasn't our biggest show. It might be our biggest show. <laughs> and that certainly holds true tonight. Uh, we've got an amazing guest, but we are on the eve of the college football semifinals with uh, SEC team, obviously, in uh, each game. It's going to be fun to watch. I think both games are going to be just killer football games. They've got the potential to each be a classic for its own reason. And um, I'm going to be – I'm interested to learn a little bit more about Alabama tonight, and uh, we'll certainly talk more about that later. But um, our special guest tonight is a retired master sergeant, 23 years in the Army. This gentleman is Ranger qualified, been a drill sergeant. He's also been recruiting. Can't say enough good things about this guy. This guy was my supervisor, my platoon sergeant, when I was stationed in West Germany back in the 80s. That's a long time ago. Ladies and gentlemen and SUL fans, please welcome to the show Mr. Lynn Van Zant. Big V, how are you? Yeah. Roll tight, Big Scott and uh, Tosh. Nice to be here from uh, Sweet Home, Alabama. All right, I love it. Lynn, thanks for joining us, not only from the deep and SEC country, but from the heart of Tide Country. Thank you again. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Uh, Scott and I uh, did this in Germany. We just didn't call it a podcast, but there's a bunch of us getting together uh, talking sports, so this should be fun. So we want to get right into it. You, We talked about the Tide about a week ago, and you said something that was very interesting to me. You, It was your perception at the beginning of the year that there was no way the Tide was going to be in CFP. That is saying something, to be sure. It tells you what you're up against. So how would you rate the job that Nick Saban has done with this team as opposed to any of his other uh, CFP teams? Well, I'll tell you, Trog, I think he's underrated. Uh, It's just assumed that Alabama's going to be good. True, they have a lot of talent, but, you know, there's a lot of teams that has talent. Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oklahoma. Cool. All right. And then with 
Bryant Young and that offense. <laughs> How do you see Cincinnati's defense going up against these guys? Well, I've seen Cincinnati a few times this year, and I watched the Notre Dame game, and I think people are glossing over that game. Notre Dame has lost one football game, and that was to Cincinnati at Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame is a really good football team, which in my opinion, last year's team, when they played Alabama in the CFP, played Alabama better than anybody. True. Uh, it was 10. I think Alabama outscored them the second half, 10 to 7. Uh, it's going to be a tough game. Uh, the disadvantage, obviously, Cincinnati has is they haven't seen the talent week in and week out that they're going to see against Alabama. But, you know, they've got two top quarterbacks. Uh, it's probably going to be first-round draft horses, and uh, Alabama's going to be hurting at the wide receiver side since they, John Mitchell is out with that uh, knee injury. So uh, it's going to be a challenge for Alabama's offense. The one impressive thing about Alabama year in and year out is when it comes to next man up, I mean, you, you probably have an all-conference, if not an all-American, stepping in to uh, fill that spot. Like we talked before, uh, it's one thing to be good in practice, <laughs> and it's another thing to be good in the game. It, and that, that's what's been impressive this year is the young players that have stepped in. A lot of people may not know it. Alabama is down to two scholarship running backs right now. Wow. wow. Know, they, they lost uh, two guys to knee injuries. They've got a converted defensive end that's a freshman that's played some running back. Uh you know, Trey Sanders is coming back. He's the backup to Brian Robinson. He's still recovering from a car accident he was in last year. So they've done all this with, uh, you know, with a lot of injuries that people don't talk about, to include their offensive line. Well, I wonder if you might see uh, Slade Bolden get in that backfield. <laughs> you know, I keep waiting him to throw a pass, Tosh. He was a quarterback. He played some quarterback in high school. Oh, no kidding. Yep. Well, so he... I hope the defensive coordinator for Cincinnati's not listening to this podcast. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, Lynn. Uh, this is Slade Bolden is my pick to click in this game. I think he's going to be the guy that emerges and uh, kind of gets through some of these injury things for the Tide and some of, some of this short staffness. Yeah, that's a good point, Tosh. I totally agree because, you know, the, the emphasis obviously is going to be on Jameson Williams. Uh, he's going to try to extend the field, and I look for Bolden to catch a lot of things underneath. And by doing that, hopefully that will soften up that secondary to be able to go long the way Alabama likes to do. But he's a, he's a very reliable receiver. Yeah, I think with these two uh, hot quarterbacks for Cincinnati, if they go wide with uh, the receivers – that's just going to open it for Slade, and, and we'll take that. We'll take that, won't we? Well, exactly. And once again, Scott mentioned a few minutes ago, Alabama's got coming in uh, one freshman and a sophomore. They were five-star recruits. Corey Brooks caught that touchdown to win the game against Auburn toward the end to actually send the game into overtime. Uh, so they have talent. Uh, it's just a matter they can uh, protect the uh, quarterback. If Bryce stays up, we know what he can He's throwing the ball down the field. That guy gets rid of the ball so fast. It's, it's, it's just amazing. Yes, he does, Scott. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, he's not a really big guy. Mike Jones is about 6'4". 
they, they list Bryce as about six one, but uh, <laughs> he might be about five ten <laughs> next to him. But uh, you know, he's got great command of the offense, and that's obvious by uh, you know just the way he directs the receivers when they're running their routes. He'll he'll a lot of times direct them to where he wants them to go. Yeah, that's one of my keys to the game, Lynn, is if that offensive line can just keep him upright and keep him protected, he's shown that he can carve up any secondary. And it doesn't matter if you're All-American, NFL prospect, whatever. If you give Bryce Young time to sit and survey, you're dead meat. Well, that's exactly correct, Tosh. And when you think about it, the the weight that Alabama has up front that's going to be pushed on that defensive front for Cincinnati, I don't think Cincinnati's quite ready for that. Totally agree. And I, and I kind of look for Alabama to try to establish the run and to stop that because they're a little underweight on the defensive front Cincinnati is. You're going to start having to creep going in the box, and that's going to open up the passing game. Spot on, Lynn. Spot on. And you look at what Young did to the Georgia defense, the highly vaunted Georgia defense. Um, I mean, they, that Alabama offense sent the number one defense in the country to the curb, man. So, I mean, there's no other way to put it. Oh, what? What? Oh, my God. I'll tell you a lot. I'll tell you what, Lynn. Go ahead and keep talking about this because we can always edit this out before we air it. So, <laughs> talk as much as you want, sir. <laughs> hey, speaking of defense, um, so Desmond Ritter, the quarterback for Cincinnati, I mean, he's coming in as a two-time AAC Offensive Player of the Year. He's the number four rated quarterback on the NFL board. How do you like the Tide's chances against this fella? Well, I'll be honest with you, Tosh. I don't because Alabama <laughs> historically has had some issues with a mobile quarterback. Yeah, we, you, saw, we saw that against Trevor Lawrence, didn't we? Absolutely. You know, Johnny Manziel, going back to those days, uh, their defense is set up to the point that if they're strong up front and they've got Will Anderson, obviously, and everyone knows about him rushing the quarterback, but they, Alabama seems to have some issues with gap control, and, and uh, that's the thing that would concern me is that guy not only is a really good quarterback as far as throwing the ball, but he can run the ball also. So if you don't account for him, he can definitely hurt you down the field. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with you there, Lynn. <laughs> I think what uh, one of the big factors for me, and uh, I'm sure you'll speak to this as well, and you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, the X factor for me, Lynn, is just the tight experience. Being here year in and year out, I think that might be one of the keys that carry them through, especially if it gets tight late. And that's, a, that's an excellent point, Tosh, and that kind of goes back to the Georgia-Alabama game. 
I had mentioned to people before that game that the difference between Alabama rolling in to play Georgia and everyone else that had played Georgia this year, Alabama wasn't going to be intimidated. You know, they don't look across the field and go, wow, that's Georgia. <laughs> uh, and they're not going to be intimidated. They've been to, what, seven of the eight CFPs? So those players, it's nothing new for them. Cincinnati can downplay it all you want, but that's... You know, they got to be something going on there that it's a big moment for them. Yeah, and I, I think one thing, Lynn, that will, might, might help them carry the momentum from last season over is that game against Georgia last year. I mean, they they were there. They were there. A last-second field goal loses it for them. But I, I think they're convinced that they can play with the best in the SEC. But like you said earlier, who do you play week in and week out, and what is the talent level you face week in and week out? So that's that's going to be a big difference here, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, that's a good point, Scott. Uh, that's like doing hand-to-hand combat with a bunch of soldiers that's just clerk typist versus Army Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, it's, you might be competing every week, but when you get with those big boys, it's a whole different animal. Uh, I'll go back to that Georgia game you mentioned last year, not this not to uh, make excuses for Georgia because, you know, they're in my top five hate teams anyway. <laughs> but let's not be, Cincinnati didn't quite get the Georgia team. Most of these big teams in the SEC, whether it's Alabama, Georgia, LSU, if they don't make the CFP, the bowl games is really not really what they're looking for. Now, I, like I said, I'm not trying to talk down what Cincinnati did last year. They talked a good, but they played a good game. But I don't think they got the Georgia team that Michigan's going to get. That's true. That's that's true. Interesting. Interesting. So, one last thing before we let you get out of here. Oh, I've got more than one thing. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm going to swing it over to Tosh. <laughs> so, Lynn, let's let's switch gears because uh, I don't get a chance to talk to uh, deep Alabama fans very often. Um, so, if you'll humor me with just a couple of historical questions. Okay. So... I first took notice of the Crimson Tide back in the Gene Stallings era. And to me, he was just, I mean, just an icon of of college football in my eyes. Um, Can you speak to uh, his legacy down there? I totally agree with you, Tosh. And uh, a little background, I grew up in the Bear Bryant days. Okay. So I just assumed that Alabama would win national championships every year or be close to it. And then Bear checked out in 1983. Except for the Gene Stallings years, being an Alabama fan was a lot of fun. (laughs) Uh, As I mentioned to Scott the other night, my wife and I was uh, in Bryant Denny Stadium watching Alabama get beat by Northern Illinois. Mike Mueller was the coach. <laughs> little foreshadow. <laughs> uh, so Gene Stallings, to me, you know, although he, he did play for Bear Bryant at Texas A&M, I still think he's one of the best coaches to ever coach Alabama. He's just an icon. He's a great guy. Uh, he's still kicking. I hear some talk shows where he's on. And I don't think he gets enough credit for what he did for Alabama because you take Gene Stallings away and from 1983 to other than Gene Stallings when Nick Saban came on board, Alabama was not in a good spot when it came to football. 
Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. That kind of leads me into my next question about, you know, what was the climate down there, you know, right before they hired Saban? Well, luckily, I was in the Army up to 2000, so I didn't have to be around the climate all the time. Okay, okay. (laughs) But, you know, prior to Coach Saban being hired, like I said, it wasn't fun to be an Alabama fan because especially for someone like me remembering the Bear Bryant days. And I I tell young fans now that all they know is Nick Saban. You better enjoy this so there's no guarantee it's going to keep going. It probably won't. Yeah. Not a lot of Eric Parsegians, Bear Bryant's, uh, Nick Saban's walking around. Uh, well, with that... If it is tomorrow, I'm 63 years old. I've had a good run. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Well, with yeah, that... I realize that we're very fortunate to have Nick Saban as a football coach at Alabama. See, I'm a huge uh, University of Kentucky basketball fan, so I, I get what you're saying as far as good runs and, and, and young people not knowing any different. Yes. Uh, but being a UK fan, I always hear, you know, who's your next guy? Who are you, who are you hiring uh, when Cal Perry leaves? So is there a wish list for Saban's successors? You know, one of our favorites here on the show is Brad Stevens because he can do it all. And, uh... <laughs> and I, I have a nephew that uh, just graduated from Clemson because I always tell his mom that Dabo Sweeney is going to be the successor to Nick Saban. Well, you know, a lot of people down here, for some reason, they don't care for Dabo. No kidding. Oh, wow. He's an Alabama faithful. I've always liked Dabo. You know, he was a walk-on at Alabama under Gene Stallings. Oh, Right on. And played minimal down there. He played in the championship game when they beat Miami. Uh, I think it was, what, 92? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and uh, I've always uh, thought a lot of Dabo. For some of the old schools, I don't know why they don't like him, but I would not have a problem with him crossing over. Yeah, I just always thought it was a natural fit, but, uh, you know, I'm obviously not in that environment. So what do I know? Well, what is Alabama? <laughs> People know. I mean, look at the dry run they had from the days uh, before they hired Coach Saban. Sure, sure. Yeah. A lot of hit or miss. Absolutely. Including the aforementioned Mike Shula. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mike and then old Mike Price and everything Coach <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's roll time, roll. Roll, baby. <laughs> don't, don't mix the visual with that, please. <laughs> All right, Lynn, do you want to go on record for a prediction? You know, I'm not really good at predictions. Okay, okay. But I've been, I have been thinking about this a lot and putting my uh, – I actually took my Alabama hat off just a few minutes ago. I do have an Alabama shirt on, though, Scott. Okay, good, good. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at about a 35-17 to 17 Alabama. That's nice. That's well, if, if you've listened to this show for long enough, you know how bad I am at picking games. So, you know, I respect the fact that you're going to throw the score out there. So, I like it. Well, I don't know, Scott. We're, Ruth and I was listening to one of your older podcasts and some of the games that's already been played. You were spot on. <laughs> I think that might have been our special guest, Dylan Troglin, that night. I think that might have been it. <laughs> because if I would be... Yeah, that could be. 
that happens. That, that happens a lot. <laughs> Lynn, we really appreciate you joining us tonight. Thank you so much for taking the time to do so. We appreciate the insight. You know, I've always been a big V fan, so I, we were going to get you on here one way or the other. Lynn. That might be that might be the new theme song to SUL. I thought for sure we were going to hear the Rammer Jammer, but we'll take that instead. I appreciate it. It is a family show. Absolutely. Thanks a thanks a bunch, Lynn. We appreciate it. Thanks for being on, Lynn. Pleasure talking with you. That's uh, that's all right. Thank you so much, sir. Yes, sir. Roll time. You got it. Trogue, that was amazing. That was amazing. <laughs> that guy, man, you talk about passion. We have passion for SEC sports. This guy is passionate about Alabama football. I've, I've known Lynn for many, many years, and much like – you with your Kentucky basketball, that's how Lynn came to Alabama football. He grew up in it, man. He, he just loved it. And so they, they converted me when um, <laughs> I was with him over in Germany, and it's just been a riot ever since. That's awesome. That's awesome. So appreciate you setting that up. All right, folks, well, we will take our first break, and we'll be back, and we'll talk about the second semifinal game, the Bulldogs and the Wolverines. This is SUL. Coming at you once again from DB8 Brewing on the north side of Indianapolis. Trogue, another epic guest. We had to take a minute after Lynn got off the phone. We kind of had to gather ourselves and catch our breath and uh, regroup, man. Because when you talk about passion in sports, uh, we love people that are very passionate about a team or a sport or anything like that. And I think Lynn's is unmatched when it comes to Alabama football. Yeah, we don't get a chance every day to uh, talk to just true blue SEC fans, and uh, Lynn fits that bill. And I'll tell you what, I mean, guest after guest just keeps ratcheting it up. I I feel sorry for the next person that we ask to come on the show. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Huge shoes to fill. So we've got – we pretty much touched base on the first semifinal game. Absolutely. And so we're moving on to Georgia – and the team from up north that can <laughs> so eloquently uh, refer to them as Michigan Wolverines. Not a lot of love lost here. No, no, not at all. I, I think the the first game is going to be entertaining, but I think that this game is going to be the game of the day. Uh, it, it's it, everything matches up. I I think it's going to be well worth the watch. Yeah, this is a classic, best on best offense for Georgia versus defense of Michigan. 
and uh, obviously we're going to see who wins. But uh, you know, my keys for the dogs, man, they use the tight end. You know how I love my tight ends. Absolutely. Yep. So, you know, we've got Brock Bowers. He came in with record-setting 11 touchdowns. Um, he had 10 touchdowns, or sorry, 10 catches and a touchdown against Alabama. So the dude steps it up against quality competition. Um, I'd look for him to be huge in this game. You know, one thing that we see game in and game out when we're watching not just college football but pro football who covers the tight end? I mean, <laughs> nobody. nobody. You know he's there. You know he's good, and yet you don't cover him. I don't get it. I don't get it. And either. I don't know. I don't get why teams don't feature a tight end. Well, I think it sounds like Georgia may do that against Michigan. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope so because he certainly gave the Tide everything they wanted and then some. One question I have for you, Tosh, about this game is. You know what? What do you think the Georgia mindset is going to be after the loss they took to Alabama? I think they've had plenty of time to shake that off. I mean, they had aspirations of winning the SEC, but Kirby knows the ultimate goal is that national championship. An SEC title is icing on the cake, but the ultimate goal is that national title. And with the strength of the SEC being as it is taking that loss in the title game does not drop you out of the CFP. So I think he got them refocused pretty quickly and I'd, I'm not so sure that's even going to be an issue. Well, I, I I hope not because, you know, I'm not a big Michigan fan and uh, I Though you are wearing khakis at the moment. No, these are not Dockers. <laughs> okay. Thanks for clarifying that. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you noticing, by the way. <laughs> sure. Jim Harbaugh, I raided your closet, and uh, maybe you need your uh, pants back. I don't know. <laughs> but I, with, you know, Lynn made, Lynn made the point about looking across the sideline and seeing who you're playing and then being intimidated by that. You know, Alabama's not intimidated by Georgia. I don't think that Georgia is going to be intimidated by Michigan. In fairness, Certainly I don't not. think Michigan is not going to be intimidated by Georgia if they keep watching the Alabama game. <laughs> yeah, I agree play. with you there. I think if Georgia rolls in there undefeated and with an Alabama beatdown under their belts, I think you might get some intimidation factor even after Michigan took down the Buckeyes. But Georgia showing that they're beatable and the way that they are beatable Certainly not going to be any intimidation factor on either sideline. I agree. You know, the Georgia defense in that Alabama game was non-existent. They were so vaunted all year. And, you know, Jordan Davis, we didn't even hear his name in that Alabama game. Uh, The the offensive line for Alabama took care of Bryant all game. He got rid of the ball quickly. We didn't hear anything about that front line for Georgia. Uh, on the defensive side. So it'll be interesting to see if Michigan learned anything from that or, as Tosh likes to say, is Harbaugh going to do Harbaugh things? (laughs) (laughs) I certainly love Harbaugh doing Harbaugh things, unless he's playing Ohio State. But 
you're on you're on it, Trogue, and that's one of my keys to, to the game for Michigan is uh, Hassan Haskins, their running back, um, ran it up for 169 and, and five TDs against Chew. the Buckeyes. So you know, if he can come, if he's just be able to run, you know, throughout the stadium, it's going to be a long day for Georgia. But Georgia comes in as the number three rush defense in the nation. Um, and that, it just plays to their strength. So if Georgia just does their thing, yeah, I think they're good. They they want to make Michigan throw the ball, and we'll see how that works out. Yeah, I, I, you know, you it, it kind of felt like Michigan was throwing the ball against Ohio State, but then who had all the touchdowns? Yeah, Haskins still has <laughs> right. five touchdowns. He's got, he's got five rushing touchdowns. So. It, it, it's kind of crazy. You know, Georgia, they were the best team all year until they weren't. Until they played Alabama. <laughs> exactly. So I I think that gives you, a, you know, an indication of what might happen if Alabama and Georgia both win their respective games. <laughs> to give kudos to Michigan, they their offensive line did win the uh, Joe Moore Award, okay. which is the best offensive line. Which a lot of times goes to Alabama. A lot of times it does. And how good does your offensive line have to be to be the best in the country? So, Crazy. Yeah. And, but you're going against, and I hate to say it, I want to curse them, the best defense <laughs> we've heard right. all year. So right. it'll be that's going to be an interesting matchup. I think the key, the, the big matchup to, to watch, the Georgia offensive line against the Michigan defensive line. You know, Georgia's first in – Sacks allowed, as far as least sacks allowed. Ooh, okay. Um, but Michigan, uh, Dane Hutchison, he set a record with 14 sacks this season. Dang. So, yeah, it's strength on strength. And those, those are just the classic matchups you like to see. I love it. Uh, but I've got an X factor in this one, Trogue. Bring it. Stetson Bennett. <laughs> he's, he's the former walk-on yep. quarterback. He started uh, most of the year. He just cannot lose this game. He has to stay within himself, right? And he, he just has to make the easy throws. Don't try to get outside yourself. You're not, gonna, you're not Bryce Young. Just do not lose the game. You don't have to win it. I think your defense can win it. You just cannot lose the game. Well, to me... He's the X factor in this one. That that's a great pick because how what what is his mental state with all this talk behind him about how JT Daniels should should be the starting quarterback? Well, with that said, JT Daniels was in the COVID protocol. He just got cleared uh, yesterday or today. He's, wow. He is in Miami. Huh. So that adds <laughs> a little thing to the intrigue and. With that said, how short of a leash is Kirby Smart going to have on him? Because now you're all in. Well, if you're there is no tomorrow. No, there's no tomorrow, and you. I think. Oh boy, that, that's going to be interesting. If you see Georgia during the game switch quarterbacks, I think that's a confidence loss for oh, those for guys. Sure. And and I. I you know, Michigan will feed on that for, for sure. But look how it worked out for Alabama a few years ago. <laughs> <Absolutely>. Against, against <laughs> said Georgia. 
So, yeah, Georgia has starred in that movie. Yeah, right on. And came up on the losing end. So one thing that is interesting in this game from a betting standpoint is that the, the line started at five and a half, and uh, Georgia was a favorite at five and a half. It's been bet up to seven and a half now. I'm not mad at that. I'm not either. I'm not either. The over is at 45 and a half. I think we're going to hit the over in this game. I I don't see – man, I just don't see Michigan covering. I don't see it. I don't either. I really don't. I don't see either underdog covering. I think these are going to be two uh, favorites covering. And hopefully that, uh, you know, we're going to see an all-SEC matchup next week. But, you know, that brings me to this point, Trog. Uh, a lot of listeners don't know this, that you and I were going to do this broadcast um, either in Dallas or Miami. But SUL decided to spend their money on the travel budget for the championship game. Well, and that's big of them. I mean, I love the fact that they thought enough of us to say, hey, we, want you, we would rather have you guys at the championship game so this is the confidence we have yes yes we want you we know we're going to have at least one sul team in there so we're going to send you the championship game and we really do appreciate that thank you to the brass at southeast (laughs) sec update live a fine decision absolutely absolutely so i'm gonna i i've made my pick in this game i like georgia to cover and the over tosh likes the same Yep, Georgia to cover in the over. Uh, same in the in the first game, no doubt about it. Yeah, I think I'm going to go against you on that one, Tosh. I think Cincy is going to cover on this one. Okay, now, all right. I, I, I think Alabama's going to win, but I think Cincinnati's going to cover. You do have a hot take on the Cincinnati game. I do, I do. and Drop I, that on us. I wish I could take credit for this, but I can't. The – Field goal kicker for Cincinnati is next to last in the country in field goal percentage. That's 129th out of 130 teams. So if it comes down to Cincinnati needing a field goal, you can bet they're going to want to score a touchdown instead. <laughs> they do not want to put their kicker out on the field. So that that's just one of those things to look for if you're watching that game and, and you you think it might come down to a field goal or you wonder why they're going for it on 4th and 12, there's a reason. Check out your in-game action when they line up for a field goal. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Trogue, uh, closing thoughts. Wow. Um, You know, we've had a great run this year. We really appreciate everybody uh, tuning in. Leave it to SUL to end the year strong, and we're going to start the year strong. There you have it. We are looking to bring it, man. Hopefully, hopefully. Well, a huge, huge thank you again to uh, Lynn Van Zandt. I mean, just just monster, monster on the guest. And Trogue, appreciate you setting that one up. That was great. Oh, no worries. Um, That's what the number two seat does. Goes out, gets those guests, and, uh, you know, tries to help the show be better. Deliver hard. Deliver hard. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So we look forward to seeing everybody next year. Take care of yourselves. Stay safe over the new year. And um, come and see us next week. Happy New Year, year, everybody. And we'll talk to you next week from the CFP. Roll Tide. Go dog. This is SUL. <laughs>